to me today. I'm going to be sharing extensively tonight from uh, the icon Daniel in the Bible. And one of the things that uh, I think God is saying to us and continually reminding us of is that this again are the days where the kingdom of God is going to be the emphasis of this, of this church. And so we are laying emphasis where the emphasis is. Praise the name of Jesus. We are declaring that the kingdoms of the world are failing and that the kingdoms of the world will continue to fail. We are declaring that in the midst of the failures of the systems of the world, the kingdoms of the world, when we talk about kingdoms, we talk about political systems, economic systems, social systems, community systems, <coughs> whatever it is. While they fail, we are clearly trying to see what the Holy Ghost wants to teach us about His kingdom growing. And we are sons and daughters of God's kingdom. And so, I believe that God is bringing this to us to stir our faith. And I remember, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. So I'm trusting the Holy Spirit tonight to stir up our faith and raise our faith level higher than it was before today, in the name of Jesus. So that we can join our faith with the plan of God to rescue us and to get His will established through our homes and through our work and through all the things we do including through our messages in Jesus' name. Let me start by, again, and I was, I was speaking on Time of Gentile Kingdoms, Part 8. And um, let me start by saying something that an amazing apostle shared. And he's talking about the advance of God's kingdom upon the earth. And he looked at three groups of people, he looked at three groups of people that the church is going to do it, that in the last days, in these days, we have to plan to do ministry too. And he categorized them, he's using his word, he used, them, he used this word, he said they are the consumers, and he said they are the contributors, and then he said they are the curious. So, you could just say three C's. The consumers, according to Carrie Newell, are the people who just come to grasp, and just come to suck, and just come to take from the church. They just want to hop in, they want to squeeze out whatever they can, advantage they can get from the church, and then, and church service, and then they'll hop out of the community. And you never see them. Whether online or offline, they just want to up in and up out. They have no commitment. They don't want to pay the price. They don't want to commit to they have seen the advance of God's kingdom. And <clears throat> Carrie New York used the word consumers for them. He said it, 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 called them consumers. Then he went ahead to talk about the second category of people that he called the contributors. And according to him, the contributors are those people who give their time, who give their prayer, who give their money. Who give their commitment? And I think that that speaks volume to people who are here tonight. For those of you who are here physically and those of you who are even online, or those of you who are taking the time to listen to this message electronically, you're probably qualified to be the group of people we call the contributors, who are willing to pay the price, who are willing to spend a little bit more time, an hour, an hour and a half probably, to get in more of God and to also ask the question, Lord God, what will you have me do to push your kingdom forward? And so as we come together, we need to understand that we're not, we are not consumers. Amen. We don't want to be consumers. Praise the name of Jesus. We want to be contributors. Amen. Because it's contributors that move the kingdom of God forward. Now the third category of people, according to Carrie Newell, is uh, those who call the curious. And I really want to speak a little bit before I go on tonight about the curious. The curious, according to him, are a group of people, young people, the new generation or the next generation of people, who probably are not so acquainted with church life or so acquainted with the Christ life, but there is something inside them that is curious to know what is the hope of the world. Because they see there is no hope in booze, there is no hope in drugs. They've tried a little things, a few things in their hands. They've tried sex, they've tried all manner of things, but they say that it's not giving them the joy that they would need to have. So they are curious. They are a group of people, young group of people, probably in their in their 18s and below, or let me say, okay, let me say it a little bit, probably in their 25s and below, who are really asking questions. My parents don't go to church, they don't, we don't read the Bible in my home, my parents are Muslim background people, they, they, we don't know, we are atheists in our family, but there's something inside me crying for something. I, I, I'm looking for experiences that can help me live life as a teenager, that can help me live life as a young person. There are a group of people like that, and the future of the church and the ministry of the church should be designed to target those group of people. I'm believing the Lord. I'm praying really that our church, and as I stand, I say, and not only this church, I'm talking about the body of Christ, will really be intentional to seek, to help, and to reach out to the curious generation 
those who are asking questions about Christ, about the kingdom, about the value of Christ, and about what it means to really live above booze, above sex, and above all the things in the world. And I'm really praying, and I want you to please pray with me, that God will help the body of Christ all over the world to refocus our attention on getting the gospel message to this group of people. They are probably online most of the time. They have their tabs. They have their whatever it is. They are on the social platforms. I'm praying that God will help us as a church to design ministries and to be able to design contents that will reach this category of people so that we can, through the message of the gospel, bring them into Christ. Amen. So bottom line is, our assignment is getting clearer that Christ is sending us out to make his name known among the earth and to preach his gospel as a witness to all the nations. Hallelujah. So let's talk a little bit about the destiny of the last day church. I'm going to be reading quite a few scriptures because for us to know what is written about us, we can only get it from the mind and the heart of God. But clearly, let me say this before I go on, that the destiny of the church remains to wield the rule of Christ's kingdom. To wield the rule of Christ's kingdom by reaching out to that group of people we call the curious, the young people. Hallelujah. To strengthen the contributors, those people we call the contributors, like I defined earlier on. And, by God's grace, to continue to pray for the consumers that they will have a change of mind and come back to Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So, clearly, our assignment is very clear. We have to keep reaching out to the lost. And uh, this is part of the part of this many series that I've been teaching on reaching the lost and bringing the kingdom of God back upon the earth. Which, again, is the emphasis of Christ in this season. Amen. We have to reclaim those grounds. We have to be aggressive about it. From the days of John the Baptist until now, we have to know that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. And forceful men, what I call contributors, Amen. Must roll up their sleeve and rise up and be counted in this assignment. And you are involved and I am involved. Hallelujah. Amen. Now to do this, it's important for us to know that we have to unite as one. God's church in these last days. We need to deal with the issue of our divisiveness and lack of unity. If we are going to stand against the kingdom of darkness that is assailing our churches, our marriages, our finances, our ministries and businesses, we cannot do it individually as church against church and then against the enemy. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So it's important for us as, to fight as one. To fight as one as a church. To fight the enemy as one as a family. Praise the name of Jesus. To fight the enemy as one as brethren. Praise the name of Jesus. As one. Someone say as one. Someone say as one. Alright now. So it's important for us to know that in these last days Jesus is giving us that emphasis that we have to be unified and we have to find our unity and our connectedness as one. Praise God. There's going to be a lot of things in the world that we live in that will try to separate us. The devil will attack our marriages, it will attack our jobs, it will attack our churches, it will attack our relationships, it will attack... If intention, it will, it will spread bad rumor or bad uh, news against us to people and against people against us with, uh, with one intention the intention is to separate us the intention is to divide us we have to make up our mind I don't know who is listening to me tonight you have to make up your mind that whatever it is that is coming against you in the world you will fight against it as one with your brethren amen so we are going to pray together we are going to love on one another. We are going to forgive one another. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We are not going to be divided. Praise God. We are going to find a common ground of agreement. Hallelujah. We are going to disagree to agree. Praise God. We are all not going to agree on everything, but at least we, are, we can all find a common ground. For instance, the body of Christ has to find a common ground of faith that Jesus Christ is the only Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know we talk about a lot about, how, about different things in church circles today which separate us. Which makes us look like we are not together. But we have to find that common ground. Amen. Whether you believe in this, whether you believe in that, whether you believe in prison and worship before someone, or prison and worship after someone, praise God. One thing you believe, and I believe, is that Christ Jesus came into the world, He died, He shed His blood, He went to the grave, He rose on the third day for our justification. If you believe that, if I believe that, then you are my brother. And you believe that the Holy Spirit has been given to us <coughs> as a gift to help us in these last days against the path of darkness. If you believe in the Holy Spirit, then you are my brother. Hallelujah. Everything else, we can work around it. Amen. Hello, people. <coughs> so we have to fight as one. As, as families, we have to fight as one. There has never been a time like now 
where Satan is attacking marriages. I don't need to tell you story. You already know the issue. And his intention is to destroy, to steal, to steal our unity so that we fight as two instead of as one. Uh, in some instances, a number of people have had to be separated and even divorced. But that is even a case. There are many instances in which the man and the wife are still together in the same room on the same bed and they are, they are not as one. You get it? And as long as we do not deal with the issue of unity and deal with the issue of togetherness and fight as one, we do not stand a chance against whatever the devil is bringing upon the world. I want you to listen to me very clearly because I'm talking about the times, living in the times of Gentile kingdoms. Hello people. What is the destiny of the church? And so, Jesus prayed this prayer for us and I really want, I want to believe the Lord, probably the Lord will help us to pray at the end of this meeting, the book of John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. Let me quickly read it and then we'll pray it later. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus is praying for the church. He says, I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That means I pray for those who are going to get saved, who are going to believe in, in me and receive me as Lord and Savior. And verse 21 says that all of them may be one. That all of them may be what? We need to pray that God will help us to be one. The world is getting a lot more divisive. We have to pray that we'll be one. Amen. He says, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, when we are one, it makes it easy for us to reach the world. That's what Jesus is trying to say. When we are unified as men, as women, when we are unified as church in doctrine, in commitment, it's easier for us, okay, and faster for us to reach the world and to preach the message of the gospel than if we are fragmented. And so Jesus continued to pray. So Jesus made this a very serious, important emphasis of his prayer for his church. And in verse 22 he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one. This is, this is that. So it's very paramount that we seek to be one as we are one. One of the things that are required for us to be one will be to forgive one another. Amen. Because we are going to have offenses against one another. You have to learn to forgive your brother. You have to learn to forgive your sister. You have to learn to forgive me when I say things that you don't like. Amen. You have to be ready to forgive me. I have to be willing to forgive you. Praise God. I'm going to, it's very important. Now, many times, it's very hard for us to forgive. But when, each time we do not forgive, we break the rank and we fragment the unity of, of the spirit, the bond of peace. And then the enemy uses that as an opportunity to strike at us. Praise God. That's why Jesus taught us, he says, even if you are angry at somebody, he says, never let your anger, okay, go past the sundown. He says, you have to make sure you make your main fences. Anybody listen to me today? So there is no such thing as I'm a believer, but I hate my brother. The Bible says, whoever hates his brother, the love of God does not abide in him. So we have to love, and the, the physical, easy way of measuring whether you love or not is how to forgive. There are a number of people that have done things against me that I find very hard to forgive them. And then sometimes it, 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 it gets to their birthday, and then I get into trouble. Will I say happy birthday to you? God bless you, or will I ignore and, and, pass, it, and pass as if it does, they don't exist? But it didn't used to be like that many many years ago. I used to remember them when the going was good, but never me so much. I wish them dead many times. Okay, and that's because we have been so hurt by people that we find it very hard to forgive them, even when they ask forgiveness. So it's important for us to learn to process offenses, to learn to receive, to give forgiveness, and also to be willing to receive forgiveness from other people. When we learn to forgive one another, okay, then we can bring unity back. And then we can fight the devil as one. Someone say as one. Now, if there's anything you remember tonight, please remember as one. As one. As you go to the out of this place today, make up your mind that you will mend fences with whoever it is that has hurt you, and you will demand you will go to them and make, make, make peace with them and then you will continue to fight together as one. Amen. Because that's what Jesus said, verse 23. He says, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know. You see, again, that's it there. To let the world know. So our complete unity is very necessary and important if the world is, not, is going to be saved. Okay. So the more we are united, the easier it is for us to do kingdom work. And to get the gospel of the kingdom to go forth. Amen. At whatever level, in whatever area. There are people looking into your life. It might be even through your life. Okay, you have not even spoken a word of the gospel. But through your lifestyle, the things you do. How you comport yourself. How you forgive. How you love. How you give. How you commit to the welfare of other people. They will say, wow, I want to be like you. Now, those are the people that we call the curious. Who are going to be asking questions. Who want to identify with, with you. 
they don't know your Jesus they really don't care about your Jesus but they see your lifestyle and because they see the love and the unity that you exhibit they, they see something what, what, what emulated they want to be like you as they, as they get closer to you you now begin to tell them about your conviction the source of your value system that God is the Bible I pray three times a day like Daniel Pray, I hope you do. Praise the name of Jesus. <laughs> I read the Bible. You see, everything you see me do, I'm not doing it in my strength. I'm doing it in the help of God. There is nobody in this country who can live like this except God helps him. And from there, from your lifestyle, you begin to introduce them to Christ. And then because they are curious and searching and honest, they will receive you. So, end of story might be I say, okay, now follow me to church. And then they come to your church program. Praise the name of Jesus. And then the God, the, the Holy Ghost, convict them of sin. And then they give their life to Jesus. Or they're watching a program on TV. And then the Holy Ghost convicts them of sin. Or they stumble on a, on a track, or a book, or a movie. And then the Holy Ghost has to convict them. But don't forget that the starting point was that you had unity of spirit. And that you were connected to whatever God wanted to do. Please, don't forget that. As one. Someone say, as one. Someone say, as one. So we must make up our mind that nothing will separate us. And nothing will fragment the unity that God wants to see in the midst of us. Now, in the book of John 15, verse 12. I want to quickly throw this before, before I go on into other part of this meeting. Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And the way the Holy Ghost is speaking this to us, I get there is somebody here that God brought in tonight specifically to hear this. Love one another, love each other as I have loved you. So, God expects us to love each one another as he has loved us. So, let's leave this place today with a decision. I'm going to love. Now, love is not a statement. Love is an action. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to pray. I find, it, I find it very hard a lot of time when people do things against me to pray for them. How many people share my somebody has done me very harm and then in my prayer point is Father bless him. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for you. I don't know about it. But, but you know every time you struggle to pray for someone who has hurt you, it's an indication that you are not forgiven and that there is a bitterness inside your heart. And the Bible says we have to be careful so that a root of bitterness doesn't occur. Now when people hurt us okay, we may not forget what they have done against us but God demands that we forgive them. Hello, people, and pray for them. Amen. Jesus said, Pray for those who despisefully use you and those who persecute you. Is that, is, that a, is that the principle of Christ? Now, it's very hard to do. But His command to us is we must love one another. And if we are going to love, we have to exhibit forgiveness, especially forgiveness. I don't know why the only but I think it's especially forgiveness because these days, offense are increasing. We're getting offended by people. People are deliberately offending us or mistakenly offending us. And we are getting a lot more bitter against people. There's a whole lot of bitterness in families. There's a lot of bitterness among friends. There's a lot of bitterness in church circles. It's, it's scary. <laughs> okay. But if we, are going to, if we are going to stand any chance against the powers of darkness and attack the kingdoms of hell and subdue them under Christ, we have to roll by the principle of Christ, which is love. Someone say love. So let's consider working together as one. Alright. So I thought, we're talking about, these are the things that God wants us to know if we are going to actually live out the destiny of the church. I want to let us track with about two <coughs> visions of Daniel. I don't know why, but I feel stuck here in this moment, and the Holy Ghost does that. Sometimes God wants to put an emphasis on a dimension of God, and then it just locks your church, it locks your people down in a place. It can be for one week, two weeks, three weeks, one month, one year. I've been speaking on this topic for the last one year. The moment the Holy Ghost says, stop, I'm going to stop. I hope I'll be able to stop. Amen. In obedience to Him. Praise God. But it's important for us to listen to the voice of the Lord and follow the Lord. So clearly, I can say to you that I feel that the emphasis of the Holy Spirit in this hour, in this moment, okay, is for us to sit with God. And we're looking in the book of Daniel, and uh, I want us to look at Daniel two chapters of Daniel. I wouldn't want to read the story, but if the Holy Ghost allows me, why not? As to talk about the values and the principles that I feel the Lord wants to share with us in those two. And it's the book of Daniel chapter 7. I'll read Daniel chapter 7 from verse 1 to 18 and verse 21 to 27. Daniel chapter 7 verse 1 to 18 and then verse 1 to 27. And then Daniel chapter 8 verse 9 and verse 19 to 26. As a matter of fact, I would really encourage that you read this book of Daniel. It's a very... They're very very strong, powerful books, and uh, I, I, I feel I feel very privileged and I feel blessed, even just meditating on it myself. And I just feel like I want to share. There are three, there are two dreams that uh, Daniel had. Let's call it dreams or visions, if whichever one you prefer. 
and um, one is a is a is a is a is what they call <clears throat> I, I, I slept and I had a dream of four beasts and in the, in the beast I saw the first the first beast it looked like a man the second beast looked like a lion the third beast looked like a leopard the fourth beast looked like I don't know what he, what he, what he, what he, what they call it now each of these beasts that Daniel saw was an indication or God was prepping him telling him about what will happen in the last days to his church Daniel like we know we spoke extensively was just an ordinary young man trying to get his job and trying to take out a living but he was close to God and he will always talk to God in prayer and so God could trust him to reveal to Daniel things that will happen in the 21st century in the days that his great grandfather will not no longer be living because Daniel saw into our day so Daniel saw this vision of four, 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 four beasts which is a symbol of four kingdoms it was the same Daniel that saw the statue of, of uh, head of gold and uh, breast of um, remind me now, breast of what? of bronze, is that right? and then thigh of, um, of, of, uh, of iron and then feet of iron mixed with clay please don't, ever for, don't forget that every time the enemy attacks our doctrine attacks our revelation of Christ what will be a safety valve for us is to know that everything that is happening today has already been foretold in scripture and that we are now a generation that will establish God's will so we are not here by mistake it's very important for you to know that we are not a believer here on earth by mistake and everything or whatever is you are going through is not happening to you because you are a sinner or you are the worst of you you need to know what the word of God what, what God what God what says concerning am I under attack for how long will it attack before what's going to be the outcome of this attack is that something that God is doing in, um, in my day that he wants to be involved in as a contributor or am I just living am I just existing so our understanding of scripture will give us a position in the spirit will give us a position of faith and the just shall live by faith is that correct hello people so what I'm about to share with you what I've been sharing with you is not for any other thing other than to let you understand your position in God's agenda to understand what is your destiny in God's plan because once I can understand my destiny in God's plan, then whatever, then whatever comes to me out of that gate, I will face it with faith. Hello people. Hallelujah. Whatever attacks me from the horizon, I will face it with faith. Because I already know what God says concerning me. But if I do not know what God says concerning me and my destiny, okay, then I will be troubled. I will not be sure. Is, God, is it God's will to help me? Is it God's will not to help me? What is going to be the end of this journey? Am I going to be able to make it? How long will I last? Maybe, I should, maybe this is not working. This thing called Christianity is not working. Should I abandon it and go to my own life? You see, if we do not have an understanding of God's plan and agenda for us, everything Satan throws at you will throw you. That's why we have to go back to scripture. That's why we have to look back into the word of prophecy that talks about our day. So Daniel, let's back to Daniel. So Daniel was given this opportunity by God to see into this century. And what did he see? He saw kingdoms. And he saw how these kingdoms up and they are operated. God was trying to use different images or different visions to explain to David, Daniel, the same thing. Now the Holy Ghost does that. If God wants to, a man to overcome his self-doubt and his lack of assurance, God shows him a vision like three times. That's why God spoke to Joseph two times. He showed him the, the same thing he's talking to Joshua, Joseph, but he showed him in two ways. Sun, star, and, the, and, and sun, moon, and the stars. Showed him that. Sheaves, 12 sheep. God is trying to do something. Every time God wants to do something, he, he reveals it first. God is a revealer of things. Praise God. That's why we are very blessed as, as the church of God. Nothing should happen to us by happenstance. We are in God's plan. God has a plan for your life. You may not see it yet. You may not feel it yet. But one of these days, God will reveal it to you. And I think it's about to reveal it to you tonight. You are in God's plan. You are not an orphan. You may not understand what is happening to you right now. But honestly, trust me. God has a plan for your life. Anybody here with me tonight? Praise the Lord. And so, what our job is to discover. What's God's plan? What is God saying? What is God revealing? So Daniel had this vision. Um, like I said, I will want to talk a lot about the interpretation of the, of the vision, of the dreams that he had. And uh, so let's look at um, chapter 7 of Daniel from verse 1 to 18. Very quickly. I'll read it very quickly. In the first year of Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were four winds of heaven churning out great sea four great beasts each different from the other came up out of the sea the first was a lion was like a lion 
and he had the wings of an eagle. I watched under his wings were torn off. I watched until his wings were torn off, and he was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man, and the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It raised up one of his sides, and it had three ribs in his mouth between his teeth. He was told, Get up and eat your fill of flesh. Number six, verse six. After that, I looked, and there before me was another beast. This is this third beast right now. One that looked like a leopard. And on his back it had four wings like those of a bird. The beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. So the four heads means what? Rulership. Means kingdom. Means dominion. Means powers. Political powers. Listen to this. Verse 7. After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast. Terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the four former beasts. And it had ten horns. Now, on, ten horns, horn is a symbol of authority. Please don't forget that. I want you to hold that very clearly. Because it's going to be, they are going to see it recall through this vision that, 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 that this man of God had. Verse 8. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn. A little horn which came up among them. And three of the four horns were printed before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the ancient of days took his sin. Hallelujah. Amen. His clothing was as white as snow, and the hair on his head was white like wool. The Washington spoke about the ancient of days. Amen. That's why I said it's so, so accurate, some of the things that God began to speak to you tonight. It says, His throne was flaming with fire, and his wheel were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the book was open. We want to see, one of the things we're going to see tonight is what does it mean when I say the court was seated and the books were open? What is the court? Well, maybe I need to say that it basically means the judgment of God. And what, what God was revealing to Daniel here was that a time is going to come in the life, in the different dispensation of my church, that the powers of hell will get so strong, that the kingdom of the world will get so strong and they will attack my children. The economic systems will attack my children. The political system will attack my children, attack their finances, attack their health, attack their families. He said, but the time is going to come when, after the enemy has run around with all his madness, heaven will sit in court, in session, and make a decree, and make a judgment, and pass a ruling in the favor of the saints. You understand? What does that tell you? What that tells you is that it doesn't matter for how long Satan tries to run rampage against you, and run around against your life and your well-being. A time is going to come and I believe that we are in that moment, in that season, where the court of heaven will rule, will sit in judgment, and pass judgment against the powers of darkness. Now, that, an understanding of that, will build hope and faith in you to let you know that whatever it is you are going through right now is for a while, it will not last forever. Praise the name of Jesus. Because we are all going through things. We're going to, and we don't, most times, we don't know why, why are we going through what we are going through? Why am I going through? Why is it me alone? If you, if, if you go into the word of God, you will understand why things are happening. And that in the times of Gentile kingdoms, these things will take place. Bible can also describe to us a little bit of in that to how they will take place. So that's why we are reading this. Help me here. Where were we please? Verse what? Verse 11. Chapter 7 verse 11. For those of you who are just joining us. Then I continue to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept, walk, I kept looking until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. Even though God is using beasts, animals, okay, as images, what he's talking about really is Gentile kingdoms. He's talking about the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire. He's talking about the Babylonian Empire. He's talking about the democratic empires, the capitalist systems of the world. That's actually what God was showing to Daniel. Because you will understand it. <coughs> okay, as, as we go on. Amen. Verse 13. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the class of heaven. Amen. He approached the ancient of days, and he was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. Now this is describing Jesus. One of the strong characterizations of Jesus in the Old Testament was his characterization as the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Okay. So, the Son of Man, Jesus, the Bible says, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. 
And it says, All peoples, all nations, and men of every language fell and worshipped him. Now, you and I are representing the Son of God, Jesus, right now. Amen. And the Bible guarantees that even though there is going to be a lot of craziness, a lot of attack, a lot of toxic systems of the world, it says, but right in the midst of those Gentile kingdoms and systems of the world, there will be a reason, a new sovereignty and glory and power that is bestowed on Jesus. And now you know that Jesus is the head of the church and we are the body of the church. Is that where his body is? Is that right? So everything that is really spoken about Daniel here, concerning the Son of Man, is really talking about us. We are the ones that will be bestowed upon the glory, the sovereignty, the power. And he says this, he says, And all men and every language will worship him. I've said it severally. I don't know what you are, who you are listening to. If you are listening to some news medias, there are some things you will not understand. But if you are actually a keen watcher and observer of the world in which we live in, you will see that the kingdom the gospel of the, of the kingdom and that the kingdom of Jesus is growing and increasing. There was a time I did a survey here and I said, how many of you are Muslim background believers? And a few hands went up. And I'm telling you, that is clear indication. And in the days to come, we are going to see a lot more people, which I already, already call the curious, coming to find you church. Now, they may not walk into a normal church service like this, but right now as I tell you, they are on YouTube googling and checking out how do I find peace? How do I sleep without drug? How can I find joy without sex? How can I stop smoking, drinking, and doing drugs? They are online. They are, they are a YouTube generation. That's why every church, including this church, has to do all she can to put movies, to put contents on YouTube. Because there is a generation of people who are yearning and who are calling for help. And who are curious to know about the kingdom. This is the reason. The system of the world is pressuring on every area in such a way that the only hope for humanity is Christ Jesus. The only hope is the church. That's why we must preach this gospel. Have you seen anybody seen it? That's why we have to pray, pray more. That's why we have to preach gospel more. That's why we have to run more churches and run more ministries. Hallelujah. That's why we have to get into YouTube and into social, in, into social media, Instagram. That's why you have to share whatever it is that you pick up in church. You have to share it among your friends. Hallelujah. Stop sharing gossips. Start sharing the gospel. Hello, people. Amen. Those little clips. Start sharing them. It's just very simple. Share and just forward. It will amaze you how God's going to use this. Why? The reason is because in these days, it is bestowed on the Son of God, Christ Jesus, honor, glory, and power, and that all people, all languages, all nations will bow before him and they will worship him. That means that they will say, you are the only one deserving of worship. Amen. Now they may not speak in tongues like you speak in tongues. They may not quote scripture from Genesis to Revelation like you would. It's going to take a time, a while. But fundamentally, they are going to believe in Jesus. They are going to come to faith in Christ through your testimony. So I said through my testimony. That's why you have to live a life of testimony. Your life has to be a testimony. Your work has to be a testimony. Your work has to be a testimony. Because people out there need to hear the testimony of God through you. It is how you will allow Christ to be sovereign and to rule over the earth through you. Amen. Now that calls for a responsible church. Amen. We can't just sit down and think that it doesn't matter. My job is not important. Your job is important. Your life is important. Your faith expression is important. How you live before your friends is important. How you spend your money, who you spend your money on, what you spend your time on, and who you spend it with is very important. Because you see out there, there are people who are curiously watching. Hello, anybody here behind this? There are people who are what? Curiously searching. Curiously asking questions. Maybe God has planted you to be the one who will provide them the answer. And I pray that that will happen in the name of Jesus. Alright, so I think um, before I stop, in verse 14 it says he was given authority glory and sovereign power all people's nations and men of every language worshipped him his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will what never be destroyed let's look at verse, verse, so verse 15 I Daniel was troubled in spirit and the visions that passed through my mind they disturbed me I approached one of those standing there and I asked him the true meaning of all this so he told me all so he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kingdoms. Now, it's, now, the angel is trying to explain to him now what it means. That this, what I'm showing you, is what will happen to the church in the days of Gentile kingdoms. 
He says, these four beasts, and the people, four great beasts, are four kingdoms that will rise up from the earth. But the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. I thought I'd hear Amen. He said, you have to also learn to respond and connect yourself to a prophetic word. Hallelujah. By saying yes. By saying amen. Because this, God is rewriting this about you. He says, the saints will do what? He said what? The saints of the Most High. Who, who, how many saints are here? You are the saints of the Most High. I am the saint of the Most High. Praise the name of Jesus. He says, the saints of the Most High, we will receive the kingdom. And we will possess it. Forever and ever. And he says, yes. Can I hear yes? yes? Can I hear one more time? Yes. yes. So this is what you have to do. As you live daily in the midst of the craziness and the systems of the world, you have to say, the kingdom belongs to me. The kingdom belongs to me. The earth belongs to me. And I decree today, everything in my, on the horizon, everything before me, I command you to obey God's will in my life. Because in the days of Jedi kingdoms, God says He will give the He will give His power, glory to His saints, to the saints of the Most High, and they will possess it, and they will lay hold of the kingdom. He says, and yet, so that in case anybody is anybody is in doubt, He says it shall be enduring forever and ever. Hallelujah! So we are not here to lose. Hello, people. Anybody here with me? We, we may be attacked. But we are not losers. So clearly, we need to understand that God has already spoken that our victory is sure. So we are fighting battles against the power of darkness, not from the place of failure and disadvantage. We are fighting battles from the place of advantage and from the place of victory. Because God says, in the days of the kingdoms of darkness, in the days of the kingdoms of the world, the church will rise up, she will be attacked, but she will possess the kingdom and forever. I thought I would hear another yes. So these are the software. These are the fake things that build our heart. So we do not complain as people that have no hope when we get attacked. Rather, we rejoice because we know the end of it is we are going to give the kingdoms of this world technical knockouts. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So faith in the word of God and revelation of this gives us confidence to face the ordeals of our work life. Face the ordeals of, of everyday life. Amen. Knowing that greater is he that is in us and his kingdom than the devils that are in the world. Hallelujah. And we encourage one another. If we see a brother falling, we encourage them in love. We pray together. We speak to one another. The Bible says that I believe in him. Speak one to another. We speak to one another. We encourage one another. We go on forth against the enemy again. We fight against the enemy, not as two, but what? As? Come on, somebody. As what? We fight against the devil as what? As one. So we have to make up our mind that nothing that the devil throws at us will make us fragmented. Hallelujah. There is no better time for us to be united and to be strong together and to fight the enemy as one and to refuse every acrimony that the enemy is trying to throw into our lives and confuse our brains. We have to say, we have a destiny. This destiny must be fulfilled. Daniel saw it. Daniel saw the age and the time when the church possessed the kingdom. Forever. And we are the church. Hello, people. Are you still here with me? Alright. So, that's, that's how the story went in uh, chapter 7. Praise the Lord. Where did we stop? 18? Verse 13 says, Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others and most terrifying. So, it was trying to explain to him what it means. And in verse 21, As I was, this horn was waging war against the saints. Listen to this. What was this horn doing? What is the horn? A kingdom. Systems of politics. Kingdoms of the world. It says it was waging war against the church. Against the saints. And it was, it was actually defeating them. Until the ancient of this came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. So you, so you, see, you, you see the transition. One upon a time, the saints were being hit at, subdued, suppressed, attacked, even defeated by the power of darkness. That's a place in the book of Revelation. He says, and you will be killed. He says, but, and you'll, and he says my two witnesses said they will be massacred on the street. And their, their body will be on the, on, the, on the street for two days. It's a prophetic language. 
It says, and on the third day, their body will rise again, and they will subdue the enemy. So, this is what happened. This is God's plan. God's plan is for His church to know that we will be attacked by the devil. So, if somebody says, we are under attack, I don't know, we don't know where it's coming from. That ought to, ought not to be a commitment. We know that we are going to be attacked. You know, it's different. When you feel, how was the time for this? It's different from when you say, I know this is coming. And I'm ready for you. Hello, people. He said, when you are ready for an attack, you prepare your room for it to fight it. But if an attack makes you unprepared, that's when you become a casualty. But thank God for the grace of God. Even when we don't prepare, okay, God's grace shows up for us. It's just that we might lose some ground. But even if you have lost ground, the Bible says, a judgment will be made. A system will be put in place. A sitting will, be, will take place. The ancient of days will take place. And it will rule in our favor, in the favor of the saints, and it will give unto them the kingdom against the powers of hell. And these things are going to happen in the days of the entire kingdoms. Hallelujah. That's why, it doesn't matter what is happening in our world today, and how much attack is happening all around the world, we know there's a guarantee that the kingdom belongs to us. That victory belongs to us. See, you have to say that to yourself, I may be under attack, but the kingdom belongs to me. And I'm looking forward to that to happen. Amen. So with faith, you look, you wait, you wait through the attack, you wait through the trouble because you know that victory has already been assured by God. Because God says, in the time of the Gentile kingdoms, my my saints will possess the kingdom. I wish to read it. Let's 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 conclude that story in uh, 23. It gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom that will appear on the earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms. And it will devour the whole earth. Trampling it down and crushing it. That's a system of darkness. Crushing. So, in the 21st century, this is what we call political collapse of economic systems. You see, every dispensation has language. So, in the 21st century, God is talking about there's going to be a collapse of economic systems. There's going to be a collapse of political systems. Nations are going to rise up against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. You see, Jesus spoke about it in the book of Mark 24. So when, when, when we know when we when we look at the statement by, by, by the vision of Daniel and we match it with the statement of Jesus, then we look back and say, Okay, we understand now what really is happening. Bible says the ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them another king will rise, different from the early ones, and he will subdue the three kings. This is kingdom, the kingdom to fight against themselves. This is what's happening in the world. You see, one one government rises, another one takes over it. Babylon rose, media Persia took over. From media Persia, Greece took over. From Greece, Rome took over. From Rome, the barbarians took over. Today we have democracy that is running all over the world right now. It's a system of government. It's a kingdom. Okay? And it's not being front line by America. But very shortly, that's going to end. Okay? Some other economics are coming up in the world. China is rising and it has an economic powerhouse. A third world that is becoming an economic superpower. So, that's what in the world powers are going to change, superpowers are going to rise up. People are saying in the days to come, if Africa does herself well, if Nigeria works very well, she might become a superpower in the next 30 years if she works hard. Is that, is that right? Everybody's saying that because she has the population, she has the brains, she has the resources, and these are all the things that indicate whether you will be superpower or not. The only thing she lacks is bad leadership. Is that right? She lacks leadership. She lacks the culture of people who are willing to make things happen. She lacks will. But as God's, as God's spirit and the word of God penetrates the heart of the African church and we allow the word of God to adjust our heart from consumption mentality, from laziness and lethargy and then we wake up and we begin to have respect and we have exceptional qualities like Daniel. This will change in a, in a spirit of time. And then we will rise. Praise the name of Jesus. Everyone. So the only thing that we should be looking for is what is the statement that God has put out in the world and this and is this it is that in the world systems will rise and fall empires will rise and fall kingdoms will rise and fall however powerful they may be but there is only one empire or the only one kingdom that will never fall it's the kingdom of God there is only one people that will never fail it is the saints of God now that is a, it is clear from this scripture hallelujah now, let's read this through because you may not understand, you, you, you may not really get it here. Where are we? Verse 25. It will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. 
The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times and half a time. But the court will sit. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the power of this draconian kingdom will be taken away from him, and as a matter of fact, it will be completely destroyed forever. This is the end of Satan and his system. Now, what's the end of the church? Verse 37. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to who? Come on, you have to quiet for me. To what? So, who is the ultimate ruler? We are the ultimate ruler. And that really is what God is trying to say to his church. That don't have a weak mentality of a failure mentality of a weak mentality. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom will be yours. Hallelujah. And it says, it will be handed over to the saints. And it, it, says, it says, the people of the Most High. So, how many people here are people of the Most High? You are God person. God's personal person. God has the Bible saying. It says, God will waste and destroy kingdoms of the world. And it will take their authority and their power and their glory. And glory includes wealth, includes opportunity, includes influence and capacity to rule. He says, I will take it and I will hand it over to the people of the Most High. He says, and his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And all rulers will worship and obey him. This is the ultimate for the church. Where we are going is to put pressure on the system of the world through our prayer, fasting, decree, unity, fighting against them as one intercession. Until such a time where a judgment is pronounced by God against them and then there is sovereignty handed over to us to rule over them. This is the destiny of the church. And God is in trying to tear the path of darkness this. They know it. But they are fighting a last fight. Scripture says in the book of Revelation, Satan knows he has got a limited time. Okay. That's why he's trying to kill as much as many people as he can kill on quickly. Because he knows this. He knows that the time has come. He knows that it's already written. That the destiny of the church is victory and ultimate triumph. But he knows that his own hand is near and his ultimate hand is defeat. Is that correct? Someone say defeat. So victory for the church. Defeat to the devil. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Say, Father, thank you very much for this. This is your plan for me. Thank you for your plan. I thank you for your plan. I thank you for your plan. Now, in the midst of all these things, one of the things we need to see is that all these kingdoms, all these conflicts, all these things will continue. But in the midst of it, the body of Christ will expand. The kingdom will expand and possess the kingdom. That's what verse 22 says. The kingdom was given to the saints. Hallelujah. So, say with me, mine is the kingdom. Come on, say with me, mine is the kingdom. So you have to be, that's why we call you, we say you have to be a kingdom believer. Hallelujah. That's why, if, if you hear me use the word kingdom, kingdom mentality, kingdom, kingdom thinking, that's what it means. You know with a revelation that whatever I'm going through is for a moment. It will not last. These light afflictions are but for a moment. I'm coming out of this. I'm going to beat this sickness. I'm going to overcome this order and this attack of the enemy because the kingdom belongs to me. Someone said the kingdom belongs to me. So, in the days of the Gentile kingdoms, all the blasphemies will rise. Yes. We know in the world today there are many blasphemies against Christ. I'm sure you know that. Even in our nation, it's manifested in terms of wrong value systems, homosexuality, exact things, different things. For in places like America, they say, don't even pray in the Bible. Don't even pray. Don't pray, don't pray in schools. Don't even read the Bible in schools. I saw a, I saw a, I saw a, a, a video. I watched a clip. I, sh- I shared with my wife. In England, a Christian group decided to run a coffee shop by themselves. Used their money. Established a coffee shop. And decided that they will read the Bible. They will put the Bible to school as a video. So that anybody who comes to drink coffee will be able to see the scriptures. And if you are not interested in the scripture, you drink your coffee and go. Is that right? Only for a group of people to come and say, in that place, in that, in that business, if you go in there, while you are sitting down to drink your coffee, you'll be hearing scriptures, you'll be hearing Bible. Whose money? Whose business? The business I started with my money or your money. Now guess what the British system did? It says, we have had complaint that people who come to have coffee and donuts in your shop have been complaining that you are using your faith against them and that you are trying to force them to believe in what you believe in. Is it by force to come to my, to my coffee shop? 
But that's what that's what's happening in the world. In the world right now, the world is trying to the system is is blaspheming against Christ. So in America, that's happening. Don't pray in schools. Take the name of Jesus out of the curriculum. In Nigeria, it's fast coming in. Don't teach religious studies in schools anymore. See, these are the blasphemies. Bible spoke about it says that kingdom, one of the kingdoms in the last days, will blaspheme against the principle of God. He says, but it will be crushed. Hallelujah. That's the good news. It says what? It will be crushed. So even though Satan will attack us, the judgment of the judgment of God okay, will strip them of their kingdom and dominion. Hallelujah. Because God will sit and God will make pronouncement. And we are very excited at that in the name of Jesus. And ultimately, Christ Jesus will rule over the nations through us. But he, he wants to rule through you. Amen. I want, to, I want you to let you understand that. Okay? And uh, we have to continue to allow him to rule through us. By declaring that we know that his kingdom has come. And by saying with our mouth, God's kingdom is here. I'm a kingdom believer. I'm the saints of God. I possess the kingdom. I will overcome this challenge. I will overcome this sickness. I will overcome this financial trouble. I will overcome this business trouble. I will overcome this air challenge. I will overcome this marital issue. I will overcome this issue in my land. I will overcome it. See, you have to keep this sense. Have to keep speaking. Anybody see what I'm saying? What, where are we speaking from? We are speaking from the place of revelation of what has been seeded to us and did to us and destined to us. So God expects us to be a people who speak from the place of knowing who we are knowing what has, God, God has planned concerning us. That even though there will be a blasphemy against us that in our workplace they will try to attack us because we pray, because we love Jesus because we, we are holy, because we are pure we must not stop being pure because what happens is if you do not understand this, when you get persecuted at work because you don't steal you say, ah, all the people who steal they are the ones who get the favor of the boss ah, who is out there? Let me just, the day you see that one, they will catch you. Is that right? Because that is setting a trap. You see, all of them will steal and get away with it. You, you don't steal. But demons are setting up systems. The day you steal is the day they will set up CCTV. And you'll be caught. And then the devil will now mess up the testimony. Meanwhile, the kingdom belongs to you. All those people who are stealing, a day is going to come when they will steal and they will be exposed. Like Daniel's enemies were exposed. And Daniel will take their place. We have to prepare ourselves as the body of Christ to take the place of our enemies. Don't let them set you up to fail. They will attack you, but you take your ground, knowing that the kingdom belongs to you already. Hallelujah. Someone said the kingdom belongs to me. Hallelujah. So the destiny of the church across generations, across dispensation, is that we know that as what began in the day of Daniel is tied to us and together we will win this and together we will establish the kingdom of God somebody want to pray with me tonight and say father help me help me let's pray tonight and say father help me and then, we'll now, and then after we pray for ourselves we'll pray for the body of Christ I want you to pray and say father help me help me to, 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 to be resolute to stand in faith whatever I'm going through right now Lord Almighty help me with your revelation to know that the court will sit the court will sit in my advantage and the power of hell will be taken away and completely destroyed forever and the kingdom will be delivered to me the saint of God so father God almighty I wage warfare today in faith I wage this warfare in revelation of my destiny I know what my destiny is I'm not destined to fail now it may look like you, you look like everything you've taught is failing no don't worry the Bible says the kingdoms will attack the saints even defeat the saints he said but the court will sit okay so you might look like you have suffered some defeat uh, we, didn't, we, didn't, we don't shy away from that you might have suffered some defeat you might have encountered some things that you don't know how to wander yourself out of but as long as God is God ultimate victory ultimate glory ultimate wealth ultimate joy ultimate power sovereignty belongs to you because why? because you are the saints of God why? because you are the people of the most high so I want you to declare say Father God Almighty I declare the kingdom is mine declare for yourself the kingdom is mine the power is mine the sovereignty is mine the dominion is mine the kingdom is here 
I stand as a representative of the kingdom of God. The, come on, let's declare them. We may not look like it. Daniel didn't look like it one inch, one bit. But the kingdom was his. <laughs> it didn't look like it one bit. Most times we don't look like it. But it is not whether we look at it or not. It is what has been destined by God. God has destined that we be, the kingdom belongs to us. And so Father, today we declare we declare you are God, you are king. We declare you are God alone. We declare you are the ancient of days. And Father God Almighty, as you risen up and you have sat in courts, Father God Almighty, your power is released to us. And so we declare, Father God Almighty, we are the saints of God. Come on, declare right in the name of Jesus. Declare and say, Father God Almighty, I overcome power of darkness. I overcome every failure. I overcome everything that attacked my mind, my marriage, my, my business, my ministry. I, I stand against it today. Let me declare in the name of the Lord and say the kingdom belongs to me. The Bible says ultimately the devil's kingdom and power will be destroyed. And ultimately the church, the saints, will receive power, kingdom, dominion, authority and they will rule the earth for our king. So Father we declare this morning, this evening in the name of Jesus. We declare your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Father, I pray this evening. Father, let your kingdom come through me. I establish your kingdom. Come on, declare your kingdom. Declare God's kingdom has come. You see, that's one of the things that the saints have to know. Saints have to know how to declare what has been said. David, Daniel saw it. He says, it will happen. We have to be apostolic to say, now it's here. Is anybody here with me who wants to declare and say, your kingdom come in my life right now. Your kingdom come in my home. Your kingdom come in my work. Your kingdom come. And when you declare the kingdom of God, come. There will be confusion in the camp of your enemies. That's the way it works. Father, your kingdom is here. Let's announce the kingdom. Come on, let's announce and say, Father, your kingdom is here. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom is here through me. Your kingdom is here through my work. Your kingdom is here through my life. Your kingdom is here through my ministry. Your kingdom is here through my children. Your kingdom is here through my marriage. Your kingdom is here through my finance. Your kingdom is here through my enterprise. Your kingdom is here through my everything in my life. Father, I de- come on, let's declare the kingdom of God. Boldly declare it. Say, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. You have already given us the kingdom. So, Father, we declare in agreement with you. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come on the earth right now. In the time of Gentile kingdoms, let this kingdom come now. In the 21st century, let your kingdom come now. We establish your kingdom. Let your will be done. Through me, through my life, through my success story, let your will be done. Let the testimony of Jesus be, be heard through my life and through my marriage and through my ministry and through all I do as I represent you. We will not be shut down. The devil's kingdom will degenerate, but we will increase, we will rise, we will expand and we will take the kingdom because it belongs to us. Father, we declare, come and lift your voice, pray in the name of Jesus for me tonight. And Father, we also pray, Father, for the body of Christ. That Father, God, no longer shall we be divided. Let's pray. Let's pray for the church, the body of Christ. Let's pray for, and don't let even be perfect. Families, husbands and wives, fighting each other to a standstill. Let's pray against division in homes. Let's pray against division among our partners. Father God Almighty, we will no longer fight against each other. Father, we'll be united. We will fight the enemy as one. Father God Almighty, we stand today, we pray for the church, the body of Christ. We pray for apostles, prophets, teachers, bishops, apostles. Father, we may not agree on everything. But one thing we agree on is that the kingdom of God has come and that we are both working together to establish your kingdom. So, Father God Almighty, nothing will break our rank. Father God, no, no, no fragmentation, no division in our rank and file. No separation, no segregation. Father God Almighty, we are united because you pray for us. We pray for oneness. Oneness of purpose. Oneness of assignment. Oneness of vision. Father, we pray for homes. We pray for families. We pray for husbands and wives. We pray, Father, for families that are disintegrated. Father God, they have been divided. Father, we pray for siblings who have been fragmented and divided. We pray for siblings, Father God. We pray, Father God, for friends who have been scattered. Oh God, we pray against, Father, against ill will and against offenses. Father God, my dead. We pray against hurts and offenses, Father. Whoever, forever, that have hurt us, Father, we turn our heart open to forgive them. Father, we turn our heart open, Father God. To overcome, to overlook their wrongs. Father, we forgive others, even as our Heavenly Father forgives us. 
we receive forgiveness of the Almighty. And we give forgiveness tonight. Come on, lift your voice and say, Father, I receive forgiveness and I give forgiveness. You, don't, you have no clue who you have offended. You may think you are standstill, but I'm telling you, you don't even know whether you have offended me. But Father God Almighty, I receive forgiveness for myself. And I give forgiveness tonight. Father God Almighty, I forgive my brothers and sisters here tonight. I forgive those who have hurt against me. Father, and I receive forgiveness from those who are hurt against me. Father, together we fight as one. Because the saints have come. These are the days of the saints. These are the days of the kingdom. These are the days of the glory of God. These again are the days where we will move forward and we will possess the kingdom. In unity, in love, in power. Nothing will turn against us. We will destroy Satan. We will destroy systems. We will destroy the force of powers. All the kingdoms on the earth will bow to us. Because we walk in love. And he that walks in love overcomes all evil. We walk in love towards our brothers and sisters. We walk in love towards people that hurt us. We walk in love towards the saints of God. And together, Father God Almighty, we lay hold and we possess that which you have promised us from the foundation of the world. And we give you the glory. And we give you the and we give you the praise. Come on, lift your voice and bless the Lord. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you for these are the days. These are my days. Come on, here declare, these are my days. These are not the days of my enemy. These are not the days of the enemy of the church. These are the days of the church of God. These are the days of the saints. Rejoice and celebrate, Lord, and say, Father, thank you. Thank you. These are the days of your kingdom. We celebrate your fitness, Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you heard the voice of the Lord through the message that you just heard. For further inquiries about other helpful resources and counseling, please visit us at the Capstone Church Without Walls. Or call 080-2318-2030. You can email helpdesk at thecapstoneonline.com or simply visit us online at www.thecapstoneonline.com. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you indeed.